powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live and play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all that sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Leaf fans, welcome back to Game Over Toronto. I hope you're having a warm Wednesday after today's weather, and I hope you are warmed in the heart by that late overtime goal by Mitch Marner over the New York Rangers after a fantastic A-plus quality hockey game. We are Game Over Toronto. I am Lauren. This is my very good friend, Armand, and we have a very special guest for you on tonight in just a few minutes. Adam Herman is waiting right below us, but you just can't see him yet. Welcome to Game (laughs) Over Toronto. Please make sure you hit like and subscribe before we get going on tonight's game. Tonight's game. What a game, Armand. What a game. Yep, that was a fun one. Electrifying. (laughs) It's always fun playing the Rangers. I think... uh... It was, it was a bit of a goalie duel, but still exciting. A lot of chances. It was. And and I really didn't think with all those flurries that were happening in front of the Rangers goal, I didn't know if they were going to actually get one past Shesterkin. And I'm so glad that they did. And I'm so glad that you are here to talk about it with us, our friends. Welcome, everybody. So let's get our guest in here. Let's get talking to our very good friend, Adam Herman. Armand, introduce Adam. Adam Herman is a hockey content uh, hockey content uh, creator at the Bleacher Report. He's a Rangers guy, so we're definitely going to be touching on a few Rangers guys here. So especially VC and and I think Ben Harper, a few ex Leafs on the on the team. But uh, welcome, Adam Herman. Welcome, welcome, yeah, welcome. Thanks. thanks for having me on. It's great to have you. And as a Rangers fan, in that last five minutes, what are you thinking? Are you thinking we should, we're just going to close this out and it's going to be great? Um, I'm actually like kind of not a fun person to watch sports with because I'm very like like in the moment like blinders on just like analytical thinker um so visible vis- visually you wouldn't have really seen me like any different than if I was like waiting for the train or something but like for <laughs> sure like I went into hyper focus mode in my head um a lot of scrambles at both ends and especially like that last minute I thought like oh Toronto really might you know put this one away well, and yeah. and Heedle starting off the game for you guys in the second, getting I believe you said you tweeted out that it was a career high fifteenth goal for him, fifteenth goal of the season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting because this is now his fifth full season in the NHL, and he played, you know, I think nine games as an eighteen year old, so six seasons if you want to go that way. You know, so it feels like Rangers fans have been waiting forever for him to take off, but you know, he's still I believe twenty three years old, so he's still a young guy. Um, it's not that surprising that it took him some time, but, uh, in previous seasons he'd had, you know, he would have five really good games followed by becoming a little bit invisible the next few, which is fine. But like, it seems this season, he's finally putting it all together and, you know, at many moments has been the best player on the team. Yeah. Young guy on a young line too. He's centering or is he, uh, yeah, he's centering, uh, Lafreniere and, Ka- uh, and Kako. So, yeah, and I thought right. that was their best line throughout the entire yeah. game. No, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we saw that in the playoffs, too, especially in this series against the Lightning. You know, everyone loves to talk about the playoffs, like, oh, veterans and experience and guys who know how to, like, what it takes. But it was those three kids. They're called the kids line, or people are starting to call them now the boys to men line, which is pretty funny. <laughs> That's uh, amazing. What but, a fantastic yeah, name. Um, yeah, but point being, like, they're pretty fearless. And, you know, on their own, 
they've had some struggles individually, but for whatever reasons, once they're together, they're just magic. They cycle the puck very well. They make great passing combinations and seem to have like intuitive knowledge of where each is going to be and where they're going on the ice. Um, so yeah, like I would, you know, I think they're as good as any line the Rangers, you know, can put together and have put together. Well, and when yeah, you... and I thought that go, yeah, ahead. go ahead, sorry, no, Larry. please, Armand, please take it off. No, I was just gonna say that I thought the 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 Rangers top line and also the Leafs top line kind of struggled tonight. Uh, especially like Kreider, uh, you know, he had a a pretty bad look in yeah. terms of the defensive end on that Liljegren goal. So, yeah, it's just interesting to see, you know, like you look at the top end talent on both teams and you expect those guys to kind of pop off. And for us, Pontus Holmberg, a fourth liner, and Timothy Liljegren were our two goal uh two goal scorers in in regulation yeah i mean like look you don't want your top guys to play poorly you know and Kreider's had some struggles this year but at the same time like over 82 games there's not a single player in the league who's not going to have a bad one or two right yeah um and you know so like that's what it takes in the playoffs like is that every playoff team has two or three really good players and it just kind of comes down to you know whose third line can get that extra goal in the third period right or which number five defenseman's gonna you know make that one play in the defensive zone and so you know i think you look at the rangers and the Leafs. i think both teams do need to add at the deadline for sure uh, oh yeah you know not to jump way too far ahead but you know <laughs> they're, they're, both teams do have depth in, uh issues to some extent but they also have a lot of players down the lineup who can, you know, kind of chip in when the top guys aren't getting it done. And that's what you need. Yeah. Well, and they, I were, was curious. they were saying on the yeah. broadcast that the Leafs third and fourth lines haven't scored in like 10 games or something ridiculous, right? Like it hasn't, it hasn't been producing well and Holmberg got lucky tonight, but you know, aside from that, we haven't been scoring on our third and fourth lines, which is what you need in the playoffs. And we only have 16 goals by our defense, which is 29th in the league, right? Yeah. And that's yeah, not we... something that is going to go far in the playoffs. No. Yeah, and... um, oh, go ahead. On the broadcast also, just to add to that, like the after the Homebrew goal, I think we went shotless or from our bottom six for like a solid 20, 30 minutes of game time. Like, yeah, that's not very good. But also that's a it's a new look for our bottom six, I think, with Anderson in instead of uh, Zach Ashton Reese. I, I, I kind of like to see the youth in there a little more in the bottom six. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's just uh, after the goal, you know, our bottom six kind of struggled to generate stuff. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it is what it is for now. And, like, I think the good thing for the Leafs is that, you know, for better or worse, the playoff situation is more or less kind of determined at this point. Um, so, you know, they're not living and dying by every game right now, you know. So, you know, like I said, the reinforcements are coming. You know, the Robertson injury hurts, obviously. But, you know, a yeah. trade will be made. Maybe if he's not moved, Matthew Neese comes in and plays a depth role in the playoffs, right? Um, so I think it's a matter of when and not if, you know, Dubis, you know, brings in the reinforcements. So it's frustrating to watch in January, maybe. Um, certainly not helpful, but I think, you know, so Leafs fans are, you know, are aware of as anyone else, like what matters is what you look like in April. Yeah, right? exactly. So, you know, they're fine for now, you know. Yeah, I was actually curious because I, I was watching and I saw VC kind of jump across lines. He was on the Panarin line for a bit. And then he was on the Gaudreau line. What line is he usually? Does he usually start on? Yeah, it's uh, he's been he's played up and down the lineup, and it's not even about him per se, but just kind of he kind of just fits in wherever they need him. Um, it's definitely not ideal to have him in a top six role, maybe even not top nine. Ideally, he's on the fourth line. Definitely not top six, but 
you know, like I was talking about with the least, the Rangers have an issue right now in right wing. It's going to get dealt with at the deadline for now. It's not so great. Um, you know, the good thing with him is that, you know, he's playing really well defensively right now and he can chip in some goals in the net front. So, you know, he's not an ideal top six winger, but he's not going to drag the line down either. Um, yeah. And I think with the Rangers talent, you know, he's on a line with Panarin and Zibanejad, like they don't need him to carry the line, right? They just need him to do his job, fill in the spot, you know, the gaps where they're not, you know, play a solid game. And, you know, at least tonight, I think he did that job well enough. Yeah, like the most notable thing that Leaf fans know from him is when in All or Nothing, Keith called him vanilla. And yeah. then, you know, the very first game he plays against us uh, earlier this year, he absolutely destroys us. And he's putting up good defensive numbers. It's uh, like good for him, honestly. I think he finally found his game, you know, after a few years in the league and moving around a lot, too. So, yeah, uh, good to see a resurgence for him. It's yeah, it's uh. It's actually, it's very surprising. Um, and it takes a lot of humility on his end because, you know, he was a Hobie Baker winner. Uh, you know, he came in as a top prospect. Even in his rookie year, he scored about 17 goals. So, like, you know, everyone thought this is the guy's future. He's going to be a big goal scorer. Um, and it didn't work out because he just kind of lacked the speed and, and kind of the total game to be a consistent offensive contributor. You know, he found that out in Buffalo and then Toronto and Vancouver yeah. and New Jersey. And, you know, something clicked in his head. And that's a credit to him that he completely transformed his game. Um, and, you know, now he's become just a really brilliant, you know, depth defensive winger. Yeah, you know, his production hasn't really increased that much. I think he's up to like 16 points so far. But it's really the defensive metrics that we've seen like kind of shoot up. Like on Toronto, I remember his defensive metrics and they were not, they weren't like nothing to write for home a bottom about. six or a top six role. You know what I mean? Right. Like no, he absolutely. just didn't have a spot on the lineup. So, yeah, it, it's definitely good to see him kind of develop his game to, to keep, you know, keep a role in the NHL. The other guy I actually wanted to talk about briefly is uh, Ben Harper. Because uh, when the Rangers signed him, I wasn't really expecting him to be on the roster. I was expecting him to go to Hartford. Like, have you noticed him at all? Or is he kind of <laughs> just in the background? Because he's he's playing yeah. on a pairing with Schneider, which, you know, it's a pretty important pairing, you know, with... Uh, yeah. But he seems like... Um... Yeah. I completely forgot he played for the Leafs. That that feels like you know that that was a rough era. In it's okay. History. I forgot um, he played for the Rangers now, so we're yeah, even. It's well, cool. Yeah, I mean, like, look, the Rangers had have had a huge issue at left defense for their third pairing. You know, they tried a few you know younger players there: Weber, Hayek, Zach Jones, and it hasn't worked out. Um, they need someone. Harper would not have been my choice by any measure. Um, I think he's played more or less what you would expect. You know, he throws some big hits, um, but, you know, he's not good on the puck, um, not a good skater. So he's been pretty leaky, although he, he did score a goal against the Flyers, so credits him for that. Um, he hasn't been absolutely horrific by any means, um, so it could be worse. But, like, for sure, he's not the answer on left defense, especially for when he's paired with a young player like Schneider, yeah. who's going to need some help there. Um, so, you know, I think everyone kind of knows that a trade is coming there as well. Yeah. Like, I, I remember Jack Hahn, uh, who is an old Marley's <laughs> coach, tweeted something when he signed with the Rangers. And it was like, Harper shared a story with him uh, when he was on the Marley's. And it was back in his Ottawa days. Uh, he stayed on after a morning skate to uh, to work on stick handling. And then a coach came out and told him to get off the ice because they don't want him touching the puck. And it's yeah. just like, that's brutal. Yeah, I mean, like, look, especially from your depth defenseman, right? Like, you don't need them to score 15 goals or anything, but it's like, 
it's like Justin Hole, like, all right, he can move the puck. You know what I mean? Like he can make a D to D pass. Like that's what you want from a third pairing defenseman of that, you know, kind. And like two legs and a beating heart, right? Passes. Two legs and a beating <laughs> heart. Yeah. And it's like, he's, you know, like he, look, like he tries really hard, you know, he puts it all out there. Um, and by all accounts, he seems like a, you know, a really good dude. Um, you know, so it's nothing personal, of course, but you know, the Rangers are all in on a Stanley cup and he's, you know, he's not the one you want out there in a game six, you know, defending a lead. Yeah. So in terms of like the Rangers priorities in, in terms of, uh, the trade deadline, are, are you looking at that top or the lefty position or top six left wing more? Cause we're well, sort of yeah. in the same spot in terms of Leafs yeah. media kind of, you know, we're in on Gavrikov, but we're also talking about how yarn croaks in the top six. Yeah. So the one advantage I think the Rangers have over the Leafs in that regard is that, you know, depending on how things play out, they're estimated to have somewhere between like seven and a half and nine million dollars in cap space at the deadline. So, yeah, it doesn't have to be an either or they can do whatever they want, you know, as long as the price is right. But that being said, oof, uh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I mean, at least, you know, I, you don't have to trade for a goalie, right? Yeah, actually, that's that's very not clear. part of the conversation if, for you. If they if they if they have to trade for a goalie at any point, it's already over. You yeah, I mean? uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think you know this is a lame cop out answer, but I think like part of it's going to depend on like you've got a, you know what five or six weeks until the deadline. So I would want to see what Lafreniere does the next few weeks. I would want to see what Kako does the next few weeks. You know. Um, and I think that would, you know, kind of influence it a lot because like if, you know, one of those guys really takes off, then it's like, all right, like they can survive, you know, with those guys in the top six. Whereas, you know, if it's still kind of inconsistent and they're not getting the secondary scoring, that might be the priority. But I have a really hard time believing they can win, you know, they can make a really deep playoff run without like a legitimate fit third pairing, you know, yeah. because in the, in the playoffs, like everyone has, there's four good lines, three good defense pairings on every team you can't hide players games can go into you know double overtime when you you know everyone has to get shifts um so i i guess i would pick the third pairing but you know left defenseman and do you think like lafreniere or kako like would be available if it meant getting someone like timo meyer or you know one of these big names like horvath i was gonna say outside yeah. of shesterkin what are your off limits is there yeah. anything where you're like well, you what, can't have i'll that. tell you what mine are i mean like you know, the cliche is if Gretzky got traded, then anyone can get traded. But, you know, pragmatically, Shesterkin's off the table. Adam Fox is off the table. Um, Zibanejad's not going anywhere. Panera's not going anywhere, if only because of logistics. Um, Mill, Country Miller, like, it would take something that's not going to happen for him to move. Yeah. Um, you know, and, I, you know, given how he's playing, I doubt Heedle's going anywhere. Um, you know, I could be forgetting someone, but um, point being, you know, in terms of Lafreniere, Kako, Kako, I don't see happening just because he's playing so well and he's under contract already through next season at an affordable cap hit. Lafreniere is a free agent at the end of the season, um, and clearly it's been a bit turbulent with him. He's not getting traded just to be traded. Like, it's not having happening for a rental like Horvat. For Meyer, if the money works for them long term, like, you know, you hope Lafreniere turns into a player like Timo Meyer, right? Yeah. And like they're trying to win right now. And he's a maybe if he gets there, Lafreniere. So if if they could fit him under the cap long term, he's the kind of guy you see you kind of do it for. The kind of guy where it's like, all right, like he's not just here for one run and done. Like he can be a part of, you know, two, three, four, 
you know, Stanley Cup runs going forward. So, you know, is he untouchable? No, I don't think so. But the Rangers definitely aren't shopping him right now, and it would take something really compelling for them to move him. Yeah, I think I think Myers the top get for for a forward right now, especially because he's an RFA. Even though like that qualifying offer is like something like ten million, so you know, for a lot of teams to fit him in, they're gonna have to figure out an extension before he's traded or something like that. Right. Yeah, and that's the problem. I don't think the Rangers or you know many teams would just acquire him like blind like that. Yeah. You know, certainly at, even if a contract's not agreed upon, there'd have to be some preliminary kind of concept of what a contract would look like long term. You know, if he would be you know, hell bent on the 10 million, you know, if he, yeah. would, you know, take a lower number for term for the right fit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Rangers are definitely going to, if nothing else, look into him just as due, dil- due diligence, um, you know, and especially if Kane's not available because of injuries. So, yeah, he's the kind of guy, if you're going to move off Rainier, and I don't think they'd even do it regardless, but if he's going to get moved, that's what it's going to be. It's the guy who is a superstar, you know, that can be part of a run for multiple seasons. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's get, are the Rangers, yeah, go ahead. are the Rangers willing to part with their first rounder this year? So they actually have two. Um, they trade Nils Lundqvist, former first round pick to Dallas because he wanted out because there was just no space for him. At least that's as the Rangers saw things. He was also Allegedly. a healthy scratch today. Uh, What's that? Nils Lundqvist. He was healthy scratch today on the stars. Was he? Yeah. yeah he started the season very well. Um, He's a very good player. I think he can be a good player in the NHL. But, you know, I digress. They have two first-round picks. Uh, you know, like, I'd be very surprised. If, if they don't move it, it's because they didn't have to. At like, least one. At least one, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. You have I two. Mean, yeah. I mean, you know, um, so, yes, like, it's, like I said, if they don't move it, it's because they got what they wanted for a second-round pick and, you know, and a prospect or whatever. But, Drury, by no means, like this team, for better or worse, they are planning to win now and like now. Um, so if if he has, you know, if he's identified his player, a first round pick is not going to be what stops him from acquiring that player. So, yeah, the Rangers are going to be, if not all in, like they're they're going for it this season. What did you think of uh, Heedle's first goal? That cheeky off the face off? Yeah, I've never I was seen looking down at like my phone. NHL 23 goal. I didn't think yeah, they scored those in real life. That before it's a new one from him. He like I'm not I'm not obviously it's shocking to watch live, but you know he's a very skilled player in a sneaky way. He's you know even when he was 18 years old and you know preseason and you know when he played in the AHL, like he's always been very clever with the puck on his stick and like has a quick release. Um, so yeah, I mean it caught me off guard for sure, but like it makes sense. He's a very talented player. Um, he doesn't have kind of like I guess like the like social cachet like this the public you know uh, reputation of like a star player or anything, but. He's been playing like a second line center all, all season. He's a he's a very skilled player, so he definitely has those kinds of plays in his in his toolkit. Yeah, that's for sure. I, you know, like I think like the story of this game, the two stars would be the goalies because uh, Shesterkin and Samsonov both were dialed in today. Like aside from the first goal or the first shot on net that Shesterkin faced, which was, you know, like it's a backhand. It's it's hard to read, and Pontus Holmberg placed it so perfectly we were all surprised by that goal we were all surprised by that goal (laughs) that was was a really nice play like joey anderson even on the neutral zone boards you know with that transition pass and 
Yeah, I didn't know Pontus Holmberg had that backhand in him. No, That's the first time I've seen play. that. It was a cover play. It was also against the Rangers' fourth line, which is a bit make, makeshift right now. But yeah, yeah for sure. Um, but yeah, no, aside from that, Shesterkin was um, excellent. I you mean, you know, it's 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 interesting. Like, I understand why, but there's been a lot of panic about the Leafs' goaltending situation, and <laughs> you know, obviously they don't have a Shesterkin or Vasilevsky, you know, or even like a uh, I don't know you know, a Spencer Knight, you know, like, yeah. or, uh, you know, and uh, Frederick Anderson anymore. But, like, those, you know, between Murray and Samsonov, like, I think you can find the guy who gets you there, kind of like when it was Murray and, and Flurry in, in Pittsburgh, where they were kind of in and out, or, you know, Leonard and Flurry in, in Vegas. Um, you know, Samsonov, I thought, was a great addition because he's a talented player. It didn't work out in, in Washington, obviously, but, you know, the talent's there. Um, and I would take the upside over, you know, some backup where it's he's a veteran and he's experienced, but you know you're going to get poor performance. I will. Um, so I thought I will take I will take Ilya Samsonov over Michael Hutchinson every time. <laughs> every right. time, yes. exactly. Only, only so, one point eight yeah. mil is on the cap hit as well. Samsonov, no, exactly. Like, I you know I thought Dubis did about as well as he could have in the offseason, given just a very you know, bizarre goaltending market, certainly better than what, you know, he could have done with Jack Campbell. Right. So hundred um, percent. I think the Leafs are, are, you know, not great, but I think they're okay in net for now. Um, I, yeah. I, I feel the need to agree. Like it's, it's a little bit dicey, but any, any market that you go to, they're going to say there's a problem with the goaltending, right? Even Vasilevsky was like, hasn't been playing super well. Someone threw a lightning jersey on the ice the other day, guys. Oh, that was so stupid. Like, <laughs> so stupid. come on, get like, pull back down to earth here, kids. And, and, you know, even I'm sure that there's games for you, Adam, where you're watching and you're like, Igor, buddy. Yeah, I mean, right? of course, like that's goaltending. Like you can't, like as a goaltender, you can't hide, right? No. Like, if, you know. Uh, you know, like tonight, like uh, and no one know, has a career one point oh save percentage, yeah. right? Like no, exactly. It's but it's like you know, if if Matthews has a poor game, you know, like it's not great. But all right, there's Tavares, there's Neilander. Like if you're a goaltender, you have a poor game. Like that's it. Like the yeah. puck's going in the net, your team's losing. Yeah. Um. So there's nowhere to hide. Yeah. Of course, every goaltender is going to have a good game, a bad game, a good week, a bad week. Um. You know, and I think the, the Toronto's goal. Tenders are definitely capable of both radical ends of that spectrum. But, <laughs> you know, like I said, the good news for them is that both of them have upside and they can turn to the other one, you know, and hope that they capture lightning in a bottle with one of them at any time. So I think they're okay. Yeah, exactly. Like when Murray was struggling, you know, the past couple of weeks, uh, Samsonov has kind of come in and, and stolen the, you know, the starting netminder position. Cause he's, I think he started four in a row now uh, since he went in relief of uh of Murray when he was pulled of uh, five games ago and and he's 14 0 and 1 at home which is ridiculous <laughs> like that's uh, no one really expected that uh coming into it so yeah uh, I've been very pleasantly surprised by the Leafs goaltending and, and it's another good performance from him today I, th- I thought he kept us in it Definitely not as steady as Samson as uh, as Shesterkin, right? Like the oh, yeah, there yeah. was the the, the, no. the number of flurries that happened in front of the Rangers net where they're showing the replay and Shesterkin's legs are going like pin pinball flippers, like boom 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 boom. boom. I was like, I didn't even know somebody could move their legs that fast in those directions, yeah. like just ridiculousness. And even though he's not like a huge goalie like Vasilevsky, he. 
plays so fast and so well that it just completely makes up for all of, all of the of the all of the the vertical difference, right? And yeah, um, you know, he's about the same height as Longquist too. Longquist is six one, um, and you know that was the thing. Um, the Rangers goaltending coach Ben Lauer, um, those are the goalies he wants to work with. He wants to work with the undersized guys. He also did it with Antti Ranta um, because he knows how to get them to compensate for. Uh, the lack of height by, you know, staying on their skates, which as you mentioned, what that allows them to do is be quick because if you drop down to your knees on the butterfly, you're out of, you know, that's yeah. where you are. If there's a rebound, a puck goes a different direction. Um, with Shesterkin, that's exactly right. It's, you know, he almost uses his, you know, his smaller stature to his advantage because he plays deep in the net um, and he's able to just move around the crease so quickly. Um, so that's when you see a lot of, like you said, those scrambles in front where you're like, all right, then that's probably going to be open here, but he's able to get across the crease so quickly. Right. Um, or he's able to get the pads down very quickly. Um, so that's, you're absolutely right. Like that's definitely his game is to, you know, play, you know, be faster rather than, you know, bigger. Yeah. How, how good are the, I was just curious, how good are the Rangers at three on three? Yeah, I mean, like, I don't have the specific numbers up in my head right now, but, you know, I think to some degree, I, I imagine the Leafs are very good at it. You can correct me if I'm wrong. but You think so, talent. but we've been I, bad. That, that, that's, that's what, what that's I'm what saying. You look at the talent, right? But yeah, it's just like, exactly. one, you know, you shoot the puck, it, you know, it goes just wide, the puck ricochets around, now the other team is a two-on-one, right? Like, it's, yeah. you know, especially in small samples, like, I would imagine, like, if you did a 60-minute game at three-on-three, like, the Leafs would dominate, right? Like, Matthews and Marner and Neilander, like, they'd all go off. But, you know, in a five-minute span, anything can kind of happen. Um so I don't know the exact numbers, but for sure, like Zibanej had scored a number of goals. Kreider scored a number of goals. Fox has scored a number of goals. Um, Panarin's had a few. Um, you know, that's kind of the beauty of three on three for the Rangers, at least. It's number one, Shesterkin's the guy you want in goal on a two on one or breakaway. But also, you know, the Rangers are very top heavy um, in terms of, uh, you know, the offense. So they have the players that they can just rotate Panarin, Kreider, you know, Kako. Yeah. Um, so at least in theory, they're pretty well set for it. Yeah, but uh, I don't think anyone was stopping Mitch there. That was a beautiful, beautiful a great effort. Move, you I know, mean, that's why you know, like you know, uh, you know, obviously some players did not play for the Rangers. You want to correct some things, but you know, it's a close game, and like a superstar just makes one great move to you know end it in overtime. So you know, that's why they pay him. You know, much to the chagrin of some yeah. of the you know curmudgeon, <laughs> curmudgeons in the media. You know. And, the uncles of the media Clark or whatever <laughs> but yeah um you know that's why he gets paid what is it 10 million um because he's a superstar who can make individual plays like that and that was just the difference tonight yeah yeah well and i mean it was it was a great game overall and it's underrated people yep. that get us to overtime right like you know pontus homer gets us on the board and then philip Hedel gets two goals almost gets a hat trick multiple times yeah. oh, tonight God. he was close which a lot of times i thought for sure i was like oh he hasn't got one before here it comes here it comes i was right i was so sure when he came out of the penalty box oh check yeah nearly nearly hit him with that breakaway yeah. pass. yeah and that's that's kind of what i mean you know there's those plays Kreider missed a tap in on the back oh, door yeah. oh. on the power play but you know on the other hand Shesterkin made some great the saves that was it Tavares that hit the crossbar like yeah. two seconds left yeah. you know so like it could have gone either way yeah. like just one bounce in either direction and you know that's kind of how it went and like I said Marner made a 
great play as a superstar that if this were, you know, if this was a playoff series and it went to game two, it could have been, you know, Zabanishad or Panarin who came up with a great play in overtime that made the difference. So I think it's a game that both teams, even if it was imperfect, I think they can be pretty content with as they move forward in the season and say, okay, like that's the type of game that can get us through like uh, a best of seven playoff series against a good team. Yeah, it yeah it definitely like feels like this would be an amazing playoff series just with the amount of talent that's on display here. Like I know they both both teams I think have question marks, um, you know, within their roster. I was actually curious, like you know, when we look at the Rangers last year, which was sort of an advanced stats sort of nightmare that was being carried by Shesterkin. Very polarizing. Do you feel it's the same this year, or has there been improvements? that you've noticed in the back end and like, do you feel confident going into the playoffs? So ironically, they actually, they were like top five by like possession through the metrics, like expected goals, like in the first like six weeks of the season. And they just weren't winning in part. Like they, I think they still, they lead the league in post it, which, you know, Cheadle now added to. Um, And then Shesterkin and Halak did not start the season well, but otherwise, plus the power play struggled, but otherwise, like, they were playing very well. They just weren't getting the results. And then their play dipped, but they did start to get results, which is just, that seems to be how it goes for them. (laughs) Um, You know, last season, it was real tough. Like like you said, it was Fox, the power play, Pinar, and Shesterkin obviously carrying the team when they didn't even honestly deserve to make the playoffs on, like, their the whole product. But it also did change at the deadline once they added Frank Vitrano and Andrew Kopp, and they became a more complete team. And their, you know, the the numbers became a lot more favorable to them, even in the playoffs against Tampa and uh, Pittsburgh. Um, and I think it's going to be a similar thing this season. You know, it's it's going to come down to what players they add at the deadline and how, you know, are those going to be difference makers? You know, is, is, are they going to add the top six right winger that they need so that, you know, they're not swaps sending Jimmy BC up there to play above his means, you know? Um, I think they're in a better position, even if they made the conference final last season, I think they're in a better position this season um, on, on merits um, because, you know, the young kids, as you saw tonight, Lafreniere, Kako, Needle, you know, country Miller, like they're, they're more ready because they're a year older, they're a year stronger, they're a year smarter. They've been through a playoff run before. Um, so, you know, so there's that, uh, they have a little bit more depth this season, at least compared to last season pre-deadline. Um, so yeah, I think once the additions are made and it's definitely a when, not if, um, I, I think, you know, I, they might not be a, a tier one contender, but I think you'll look at them as a team that all right, like, uh, if their talent, you know, does what they're supposed to do, Shesterkin, you know, steals a game or two. Like, sure, why not? They can do it. I mean, listen, yeah. the Rangers have a Norris Trophy winner and a Vezza Trophy winner on the same team. And and looking, I watched a couple of Rangers games last year, and I've watched a couple this year, and they're they're playing with more confidence. Their forecheck tonight was unbelievable, and they just don't give you any room, and I don't envy whoever faces you guys in the first round when you make the playoffs. I really don't. And I think if the Leafs were to face the Rangers in like the Eastern Conference Final, if they were to get there, it would be such an unbelievable tight series because I think there are some things that mirror each other's teams so close. Obviously, there's big differences, right? Like you said, the big, huge difference in consistency in our goalie, for example. But I think it would be a fantastic series. Like, it would be heart-wrenching and terrifying, and I'm sure you'd still be cool as a cucumber on the inside. But, you know, it would be a great series, and seven games of that would be stressful, but, like, 
man, what kind of hockey would you get if you had both teams firing on all cylinders like they did tonight? My goodness. I mean, yeah, if we do um, get a playoff series together, that I think that would mean that both of us made the Eastern Conference Finals, which I will take. Well, yeah, sure. Please, yeah, well, I just yeah, casually yeah, slide sure. that in there. Do you like that? I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me see you in the Conference Final. Like, no big deal. Yeah, you know, like obviously both are good teams, but there's some good teams that are kind of boring to watch, or even like their top players are effective but boring. You know, with the Leafs and Rangers, like it's not just that, you know, they're good players or good players, but they're for the most part exciting to watch. You know, yeah. maybe not so much Tavares, although he's very good and skilled, but like he doesn't have that wow factor of like a Matthews or Nylander or Marner, right? Yeah. Or Adam Fox or Panarin. And you the know, I just look at that series. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I and I just look at that kind of series where, you know, Morgan Riley in the back end. There's a lot of talent there. Like that's a series that if it goes six or seven games, like sells the sport to the casual fan, right? Like that's how I see it at least. Well, and weirdly enough, like it's been a long time since the Leafs played the Rangers in the playoffs. And, and it's funny because like people our age for the most part, like Leaf fans and Rangers fans, we don't really have any beef. Like there's lots of original six teams where like, you know, Habs, Bruins and Leafs, there's like a trifecta of hate, right? Where everybody hates each other. <laughs> but there's not a yeah. lot of like beef between the Rangers and 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 the Leafs. No, I don't. I, not much that I can think of. But, you know, uh, once there's a playoff series, you know, oh, yeah, are I just don't have a reason uh, to hate you yet. I, I no, was actually no, curious. Of course. I was curious because you said the last, like, it's been a long time. It's 1971. That's it's crazy. Been a long time. Yeah, that that's actually longer than I thought. But I knew it was decades. You know, like, I think most Rangers fans, if you ask them for an association with the Leafs, it would just be that Brian Leach was traded to the yeah. Leafs in 2004. <laughs> yeah. and like, 2004, it's not, reason, run. it's not a reason to hate the Leafs because, I, as you know, as I remember, it, most Rangers fans were cheering for the Leafs at that point. But it's definitely just kind of an uncomfortable sight to see him you know, in a Leafs jersey. Um, I imagine somewhere to like Sundin in Vancouver a little bit, Um, you know, so that's all there is, but I don't think it would be called beef per se, but I don't doubt it wouldn't take long for it. You know, we do have something in common in that we both probably don't like the Islanders. Uh, We've developed (laughs) beef with them over the past couple of years. That's for sure. Yeah. that's fair enough. It's more that they have beef um, with us. We don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> Dear yeah, John. Be, Dear John. how it goes. I, I know I'm going to get you know, yelled at for this or whatever. But, like, <laughs> it's definitely disproportionate. I think Islanders fans hate the Rangers more than Rangers fans hate the Islanders. Yeah. Because the Rangers just need to spread the hate between them and the Flyers and the Devils. Yeah. Um, it's, so for sure, it's that way. It's the end game. I don't even, you ruined my life. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sure. I mean, obviously, it's a big rival, maybe the biggest for the Rangers, but it's just one of many for Rangers fans, whereas the Rangers are kind of like everything that Islanders fans despise. Yeah, for sure. And a few months ago, you did the Bleacher Report, the top 32 draft picks, uh, and you ranked them. And obviously, the you know the top number one spot is undebatable, right? Connor Bedard's going, going, yes. going first overall. Yeah. So I have two questions. One, well, it's it's a one A and one B, and then a two. Where do, where do you think he's going to go, and where do you want him to go? And has has anything in the top ten changed for you after the World Juniors? Where do I think Bedard's going to go? Where I mean, do you want him to go? You get to wave I a magic wand. Other than New York, you can't say that. Not the easy. You can't. Like, you can't pick yourself. <laughs> I mean, I'm. I'm probably gonna like think of a better answer in like ten minutes. Like, damn. But like, 
I don't know. Like, I feel like Columbus because I feel like they've just obviously they landed Gujarat recently, but they just like haven't really had a chance to like be a good NHL team for a while. Aren't like, they one of the only teams since... that has never had a first overall pick? Well, they had Rick Nash, but that was what two thousand two. Right. No, yeah, it's been a long time. Check, like, yeah. look at the look at that era during the like the Torts years where they beat Tampa and like Bob Roska leaves, Panarin leaves, Matt Duchesne leaves. Like you know, and I just. They're building some young talent there, and and like I feel like that would just be nice for them to you know the fans that who have been waiting for a long time for like a legitimately good team and like something to feel like confident in and proud in. Like I think that would be nice, at least more That's so such than a nice like answer. more so nice it's answer. like Chicago, Chicago gone oh, after just like a very yeah. like cynical approach to this, right? Like, um, you know, or like Vancouver after you know they certainly haven't earned it, you know. <laughs> They don't, for, like, the they, they don't need more things to mess up. They don't need more things to mess up right yeah. now. So, like, uh, and I would hate, you know, on one hand, Arizona's another team. They haven't had, a, I don't even think, a top two pick ever. Um, but, so in, in the other circumstances, I would they would have been my choice. But, like, with that arena situation. and uh, you know, Yeah. That, I can't, I can't have, we can't have the best player in the league, maybe. Or yeah. at least second best playing in a college rink. So, <laughs> I'll go with Columbus. <laughs> I'd be answer. okay with San Jose or Anaheim as well. Yeah, San Jose and Anaheim would be fine. I I'd, I'd have no qualms there. Anaheim and San Jose are other teams where they're they're kind of doing this. Just please not. San Jose needs something Ottawa. to love. Honestly, yeah, sure, <laughs> they need yes. some. They need some. They need some good. I mean, yeah. To be fair, they had like twenty five like solid years. Yeah, yeah. they after, did like, have some good years for sure. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with either of those two teams either. Good answer. Yeah, definitely not Montreal. Definitely not Ottawa. Nope. <laughs> keep them. Keep them. Let's just the say. East. Let's just say. Let's keep them west of of Chicago, and <laughs> south of North Carolina. Actually, let's keep them west of Louisiana too. Let's get that in there. Let's just everything on the eastern seaboard. Let's just. Let's just not. That would be great. Yeah, fair enough. Except Columbus, the teeny tiny little, teeny tiny little pocket of Ohio. They can have it. That's it. Oh, I don't want to deal with. Do you, do you want to deal with? Do you want to deal with Habs fans if they get Connor Bedard? Adam, come on. <laughs> uh, I mean, like the thing with that, I'll be, it's going to be way worse for you guys. For me, like my thing on it is that, like, no matter what happens, Habs fans are going to be Habs fans. You know, like I don't think no matter what they do, no know, one's they perfect. Can, whoever they draft, whoever they draft is going to be, you know, hyped up and it's yeah. going to be a disaster if he doesn't perform on game one, and they're going to be bragging. I mean, it's, you know, it's I love Montreal, I love the city, and the fans are very passionate. But like we we know how this is going to go, no matter what. So from my perspective, at least, it's like they're going to be annoying regardless. So <laughs> fair um, enough. As for your as for your question about how things have changed in the top ten. Uh, I'm actually I'm going to be publishing my second uh, version of the rankings, and I believe we're looking for post deadline, so maybe mid March. Um, yeah, it's tough um, because it's just such a talented group. And then with Matt Matt Nishkov, I would put him as the second best player in the draft. The problem is, you know, he's Russian, which is a bit of an issue right now, just mm. logistically, if not for optics. But he signed in the KHL, I think, for the three seasons following the draft, and so. You know, if you're if you're a GM where you're looking at like, all right, if I don't have this team going in two or three years, I'm fired, right? Like, you don't care if Mishkov's a superstar in five or six years, like, because yeah. you're not going to be around to see him, which is why I think he could fall, fall in the draft. Um, another guy that's moving up is Leo Carlson, center from Sweden. I can't remember exactly where I had him 
definitely top 10, but he's arguably the third, you know, he could go third overall um, this upcoming year. Very skilled center, plays a really good game. Um, yeah, like I, I need to go through my my list, you know, figure some things out, move some pieces around for sure, because a lot has changed. Um, but I do know, you know, it's called the Bedard sweepstakes. sweepstakes <laughs> and of, co- of course, like that's a game changer. He's the guy you want. But but we don't tank in the NHL, the- right? So. Oh, of course, of course not. No, <laughs> Those no. comments. Um, but like, you know, even if you land, it's, I think it's kind of like the 2015 draft, right? Where Leafs fans wanted McDavid. They end up, what, fourth overall instead, was it? Uh, or fifth overall, fourth or it was fourth, it was fourth, and, fourth and, and they land, you know, they get Mitch Marner. He's yeah. not McDavid, but like, that's a superstar, right? I, yep. I think, I think this is going to be kind of like that, where it's like, you might, you know, you might get an Eichel instead or a Marner instead or a Mikko Rantanen instead. So, yeah, um, I think you're going to get a lot of tanking, not just for Bedard, but because no matter what you're landing, um, a great play. I think they're probably, at least four players, maybe even five, that I would have taken first overall in both of the previous two drafts available in this upcoming draft. So that's why you're seeing teams not tanking. Yeah, yeah. Like I think just like yeah, the the top four with Mitchkov, Fantilli, and and Carlson on top of Bedard, like that's just crazy stacked as as a draft class for like a yeah, top five. This is one that scouts have been talking about for years and. No, it's no coincidence. Like teams, it's no coincidence that the disparity between the good and bad teams this year is, you know, bigger than usual. Like teams yeah. have been preparing for this draft, you know, a year or two in advance. So that's just yeah, us as fans projecting, obviously. And for some reason, yeah. Vancouver still wants to, you know, so they're in win. the chase. Yeah. <laughs> they're still like, yeah, we can do this. They got, yeah, they got the- goalied by Peter Morazic tonight. No, no, that was that was yesterday. But, oh, was uh, it? Oh, Kaya. Yeah, and no, no, they lost. Kaya the mentioned uh, that like, yesterday. Vancouver won at the end. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's it's because of the for you page. You get all the old yeah. tweets yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, I hate that. I, uh, I hate actually, that. Uh, I'll have an article on the Canucks. I believe publishing the Friday or Saturday on the yes, the Canucks <laughs> on Friday or Saturday, basically talking about this, basically how they need to rebuild. They refuse to. They still don't seem to get it. Um, so yeah, that'll come out in a few days. But yeah, their their situation, they're gonna play themselves into the worst case scenario. It looks like where they're not gonna land like a top five pick, but they're also going nowhere too. Yeah, because they also have a really easy schedule from here on out. Like I know Boudreau also said that you know in his mm-hmm. closing statement that you know their next three games were Chicago, Seattle, and uh, I think it was Columbus. So you know if they if they go on a run and then miss the playoffs, like it's the worst possible scenario. But, you know, it's what Aquilini wants, I guess. GMs are going to do what GMs are going to do, right? Yeah. So, well, Adam, we have taken up enough of your time. Thank you for coming on. It has been lovely to have you. Yeah, of course. Happy to join anytime. I'm glad that we had a good game to talk about and that it wasn't a blowout either way because that would have been terribly uncomfortable. (laughs) It's not so bad if it's a Leaf fan and we're talking about, you know, a blowout, but if it's another team of another... You can always expect a Rangers Leafs game to be good, yeah. like at least these past couple yes. of years. They're both good yeah, enough sure. that it's good, right? That's yeah. the best part. Exactly. So. Well, Adam, thank you for coming on tonight. It's been wonderful having you. Um, let us know if you ever want to come back again. And I hope, I hope that we can do a game over in the Eastern Conference final together. 
that. <laughs> Let's will sure, that into enough. existence. Let's will that. So if they make it to the Eastern Conference final, you are now contractually bound by the internet <laughs> to appear on Game Over Toronto. <laughs> Sounds about right. Okay. I accept it. All right. Well, for Game Over Toronto, thank you for joining. My name is Lauren Williamson. And my name is Armand Panthiki. And I'm Adam Herman. This is Adam. And where can they, where can they find you? Where you find your work? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Adam Z, as in zebra, Adam Z Herman. Um, and then I'm on Bleacher Report, the hockey section, publishing, you know, depending on the circumstances, once or twice per week. Plus, I'll do, you know, probably a live deadline blog, you know, where I evaluate every trade as they come in. And, you know, like I said, the draft stuff, I'll release a top 32 or maybe even top 64 ranking by the summer. Um, plus live draft coverage is plus, you know, like I said, once or twice per week, I publish something over there. So that's where you can find me. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate you coming on. Yes. Thank yep. you for coming on. So of that's course. happy to do so. Well, thank you and have a good night, everybody. I hope you stay warm. I hope that I hope that you stay nice and warm in your house, Adam, and I hope everybody's commute is good in the morning. Please stay safe yeah. and stay warm. <laughs> have a good night, everybody. Take care. by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.